documentary called The State of Sweden. The, the State of Sweden. CIM. State of Sweden. We are all in our documentary, State of Sweden. With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he will guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email Andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Ingrid Carlquist coming to the program. She is the spokeswoman for State of Sweden. The person who made the documentary is anonymous because they don't want to, I don't know, they don't want to disclose themselves. They're afraid that it will hurt their family and their reputation. So she has agreed to be the spokesperson for this warning video. Basically, it's a six-part series on the state of Sweden, and I've heard from many people that Sweden is the center, is ground zero for the New World Order. They do a lot of the experimentation there. The rollouts have been occurring for over a decade or two. They put this documentary series together as a warning for the world so that you see what's about to happen in your own country. And we're, we're seeing all of this all over the world already. What they're doing with immigration is to create upheaval and chaos in your countries. Immigration isn't bad, but when you have a certain percentage more than what you can handle, it starts to create chaos. And it's not just you know, brown people or minorities coming to the United States and creating chaos and everybody's a bunch of racists. Mexico is having some pushback. They don't like all the Americans coming down to certain areas of Mexico. It's just basic human behavior. And sociologists have known this for a long time. There's only a certain percentage of people that you can bring into any community over a certain period of time to do it and be able to blend into the local culture. Yes, they'll change the culture over time, but it will be done in a less chaotic fashion. It'll be just done normally. And if you bring in a higher percentage than what the local environment can handle, it creates a lot of chaos and turmoil. And they know this. And the problem is they're a bunch, again, a bunch of useful idiots who really care about others and they care about their, you know, discrimination and all this stuff. And so they're completely useful idiots. And they're used as useful idiots to say that anybody who doesn't like immigration is a racist. And it's just not true. We should embrace immigration. It's just we need to embrace immigration at a level that is good for the local communities. And these people, I just swear to God, they're so dumb. These useful idiots are so dumb. And it's just like in the medical community where the doctors haven't spoken up about the COVID shots or they're just dumb and they just don't understand the science. They just memorize things and follow orders. These sociologists should know that over a certain percentage of immigrants coming into a country is a problem. 
and they are saying nothing. They're just useful idiots. And it makes you wonder about these universities. How are we churning out so many useful idiots out of these universities? People can't think on their own. They can't critically think. If you can't critically, critically think and all you're doing is memorizing things, then what's the purpose of these university degrees? I mean, it makes you question all these things, doesn't it? I mean, the whole system is, is just broken. And in some ways, it's good because what it's doing is pointing out the glaring problems that we have and how we need to fix it. And we've been just going blindly through the system. And now it's collapsing because it's it's been building for a long time of how bad these things are. And we need to fix it. We need to take control of it and fix it. The other thing is what they're wanting to do is part of the new world order is they want to have you reject these governments because they're so bad, right? I mean, look what's happening in the United States, all these immigrants coming in and it's so chaotic. Venezuela is uh, emptying their prisons and putting it, you know, they're shoving it into through our border. That's been just reported and disclosed with uh, leaked documents. And so we have this situation where our government is completely complicit in overwhelming the local communities and destroying our, our society. And when you when you allow prisoners to come in and then they're not doing anything, it's like they're just gone at the switch, right? They just abandon their duty of making sure that we're safe. And so we're, they're getting to a point where citizens are ready to say enough is enough. We don't even want you as, we don't wanna pay our taxes. We don't want you as our government. But we got to be careful because that's what they want. And then they want to, the New World Order crowd who created these problems are going to sweep in like saviors and then create their New World Order government. So what we got to do is reject this government and then reject them taking it over. You have to do both because we don't want their solution. Anyways, we have Ingrid coming to the show and she's going to talk about what's going on in Sweden because it parallels to what's going around in the world. The good news about Sweden is the people there have rejected it and they just elected a new government. And it'll be interesting to see how that goes because it's against the new world order crowd. But just like here, the majority of the people support it, but the media is making it seem like the masses approve of this new world order and they approve of their actions when in reality it's a, it's the exact opposite the majority of the people do not approve of the new world order and the globalists and they're fighting it but they want people it's a big psyop they want you to think that everybody is in favor of it. so you are standalone and nobody else supports you but in reality the vast majority of us are united. We do think alike in this way. They just don't want us to think. They want us to think that we're alone and that there's nobody else with our same ideas. But no, that's just not true. The vast majority of us are waking up and understanding what's going on. And just like in Italy, they uh, elected a new government. So the tide is turning and there's so many good things, but we're still in the thick of it. And it still is daunting. And we can see it everywhere, but we got we got to be careful because again, we're gonna all reject these governments, and they're gonna sweep in and try to give us a solution. And their solution is worse than what we have now. So this Swedish 
documentary series is something that I recommend that people watch so you can see where the future is going in your own country. I just talked to somebody in Ireland. They're saying, seeing the same thing. It's happening everywhere. So we're, we're not alone here. This is a worldwide event and the psyops are incredible. So we got to make sure that we're spiritually grounded because the spiritually grounded and strong can't be influenced as easily by these psyops. So just know that you're not alone and that you're not crazy. There is more of us than them. We just have to start doing action. We have to act. And a lot of us don't know what to do, but there's so many opportunities for you to get involved locally and also help educate your neighbors, form local communities of people who you engage with and open up dialogue because there's so, there's much more like you than not, even though they want you to believe. Anyways, before I get into this, I also want to talk about an article I just wrote about Patreon. They've been caught. They have been hosting underage pornography or risque photos that people can purchase of underage children. You may recall they kicked so many of us journalists off that platform. And the only crime they claim that I did, which was to be a QAnon person, which I told them I'm not a QAnon follower or reporter. And they said, well, you do the same type of things as, as QAnon. So what is that? You mean I cover human trafficking and I question the, the legitimacy of the election? I didn't know that was a crime. And then we find out that they are probably dealing in child pornography. I, in my article, and I'll have a link to it below, there are two different people. There's Mom Uncharted. Her name is Sarah Adams. And she has been documenting this and Patreon's reaction to her. Basically, she found a channel that was selling this stuff. And then they said they looked into it, and then they never shut it down. And then there's another blogger by the name of Tizzy Ent. And he found the same thing, and he actually found multiple channels that are doing this. One of the channels he found had 157,000 subscribers. My gosh. And so they're just, this has been going on for over a year. Why are they still up, and why are they not shut down? This is an example where people are just totally fed up with their government. I mean, we're allowing this stuff while they're shutting down people like me who is truly trying to expose human trafficking. These guys are awful, and our government, our law enforcement are right behind them. And I know there's a lot of whistleblowers in the FBI that just cannot stand where things are going, the police departments. There are so many people that are rejecting this as well who are internal, and they need to make money to you know keep their family going. But if enough of us stand up and say enough is enough, we are not going to allow you to commit these crimes in our name, it will stop. We have more power than them. Their power is an illusion. Our power is real if we do it as a collective. But we have to do it together because they know they're in the wrong and we know what's best pro-human and what's good for society. We just have to act on it. We just have to do it, but we have to do it as a group. Okay, last thing, go to my website. Please support my affiliates. That's how I support this show. And also, if you have not donated to the Gibson Go Defending Free Speech, I really hope you consider doing that. We are still raising money 
for this leg of the lawsuit. We're getting close, but we need a little bit more. And if you can't afford to donate, please share because maybe one of your friends or somebody that you work with can afford to give us 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever you can afford. And uh, I also want to remind you the oral arguments will be airing on October 17th on YouTube at 9.30 Pacific Time. And so it's coming up soon. This is coming up soon. It'll be airing live on YouTube. I don't know if they're going to cap the number of audience. If they do, we'll figure out a way for people to watch it. But please stay tuned for that. That's that's important. It's important for all of us. And I've said this before. There are other government states, institutions suing Google. Or not Google, but going after different uh, tech companies. The difference between ours is ours isn't a state entity. It's not government going after government. It's the people going after government. And so there's less risk that politics will come into this. The biggest risk we have is just making sure we have the money to do it because we're all so committed. I don't know if all of us are committed, but there's enough of us that are very committed. SGT Report, Sean, uh, Amazing Polly. We got Red Pill, Zach at Red Pill, Zach Voorhees. He's behind this. We have a we have a good group of people who are committed to this. Our attorney, Chris Armenta. So we have people who are, who are just going to go all the way. As long as we have the support and the funding, we can keep going. So please, it's uh, givesendgo.com slash defending free speech. Okay, let's get into this long, it's a two-parter, with Ingrid Carlquist. Hi, Ingrid. Thank you so much for joining the program. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Well, I've heard really good things about the work that you're doing, but I want to talk a little bit about your background. You were a mainstream journalist in Sweden and got fed up with what you saw. And exactly. can you, yeah. And, and and since then, you've done um, a lot of reporting on how Sweden is, is ground zero, pretty much, for the new world order mm -hmm. and what they're trying to usher in. And I've heard that from other people as well. So I want to get into that. But before we get into that, I really want to talk about your experience as a mainstream journalist and why you said enough is enough. Yeah, you know, I started a school of journalism when I was only 19 years old. So I've I've been I've been a journalist for my whole life as uh, as an adult. And I I I immediately when I got into that school, I had no idea what journalism was. It it just sound, sounded fun. Uh and but but I immediately understood that this is my thing. This is really what I want to do. I want to to pursue the truth. I want to 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 you know shine a light on politicians who are who are uh, not you want to do it for real guys and find the innocent people in prison yep. and, and write about them to set them free I, I was really an idealistic young journalist and when I started work you want to you want to do the legit work yeah, yeah exactly and how it was so serious to me. And when I started working, I realized that many of my colleagues, they, they they sort of, you know, laughed at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will grow up too. You will understand that. You you can't do that. That doesn't happen. Uh, but I actually, I, I... I still wanted to do that. So when I when I started on a little bigger newspaper, I started to find you you know write about the stuff that nobody else wanted to write about. For example, uh, in the uh, early nineties, there was this wave of 
of men going to prison because their ex-wife said that he had done some bad stuff to the children. And everybody was obsessed with this. You know, guys were going to prison all over Sweden and in the US and all over the Western world. And I sort of just stumbled over a story about a police officer who had been sentenced sentenced to prison for, for something that he had done to his daughter 10 years ago. And I was really, I wanted to read that verdict because it was so strange. 10 yeah. years ago, how could they find proof that he had done something? So in my mind, I thought, well, she got pregnant and there is a child and now mm. they, they have DNA. So they found out that he's the father of his grandchild. That's what I thought. And when I tried to get the verdict, they had, you know, they had sort of taken everything out the only thing i could read everything was you know secret the only thing i could read was his name and the verdict so i called this guy up and i said you know i really want to read that verdict can i come to your play and he said yeah yeah come come i'm innocent i never did this well well i don't know about that but i want us to read the verdict what do we have do yeah. we have secret verdicts in sweden that's just i was so upset and I read the verdict and it was all BS. There was no child. She had just told the police because she was upset with her father because he had won a lot of money on a lottery and she didn't get as much as she wanted. So she just told a story that he had raped her on a Christmas oh my Eve God. 10 years before. Okay. And, and when I published that, I got, you know, phone calls and letters from all over Sweden with men that were in the same situation. So I did a big story on this and I was not popular, I can tell you, on my newspaper, especially my female colleagues. They said to me, this is horrible. You shouldn't be allowed to write about these things. What? I said, don't you agree that innocent people shouldn't be in prison? Well, you know, there's so many guilty people that never go to prison. Well, that's not an excuse to put innocent people in prison. That's right. So so I've always been a bit of a troublemaker, always going my own way, seeking the truth. And then and, and so what ended up being that situation? Why? I'm very curious. Why were they putting so many men in prison for something? I mean, you know, there are a lot of things that happen that is true where young kids yeah, are molested and so forth right so why were they putting innocent yeah. people in prison over something like this what was what's the deal i think that that was one of the waves of feminism you know first there was this thing that the men didn't take care of their children they just got a woman pregnant and then they just left them that that was a big story everybody was writing about that and then when the men started to act like fathers they wanted to have care about their children they wanted to, uh, to be a a present father and then yep. a lot of women found out that no i don't want that if this is my child i don't like him anymore and we are divorced and i don't want him in my life and so they found out that if they said that he had molested the children they got sole custody and they also got the one that they didn't like anymore in prison i mean oh, that was sad. all over really the western sad. world there's so many tragedies so many tragedies and all 
all these fathers that I wrote about, uh, they they actually got out of prison uh, some years later because they found good lawyers that really, you know, dug into the cases and actually found proof that they couldn't be guilty. Because, you know, lawyers don't really, they don't like these guys either. They they always assume that they have done something. Why, why would anyone? That's what the court said. Why would a woman lie about such a thing? Well, you know, women are not always nice. There are horrible women that just want revenge and money. So, I mean. Women are people too. Problem, and they. Yeah, we're not immune from being that's the sad part is they use it's the same thing as using charities to do the worst thing it's like you use whatever you think you can get by with and women are just they're people too they're going to be doing crappy things anyways keep going this is very interesting oh of course yeah and then um uh these men there was a a book written about it from the um, justice chancellor uh, that's what we call it in sweden uh, uh that really changed the situation that the court started to 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 be more interested in real proof not only believe a woman believe a child so so i was um i they realized that I had been right all the time, but no one, no one came and said that to me. You know, <laughs> I actually heard some years later that there was a there was a radio show that was some big case, and and the journalist in the radio show said, "Well, why didn't anyone write about this in the nineties? That that was horrible." And I was just shouting at the radio, "I did, I did, but you all, you all shut me down." <laughs> Well, that's so great that you did that. And so what it do, it, you got the courts then started looking at real evidence, which is what you need to yeah. look at, because you don't want to let a guy like that off. But the same standpoint, yep. if they're innocent, my gosh. Yeah, it's just mm. it's so very good that you did that. Okay, so then as yeah. a mainstream journalist, then what did you because you left it and said, okay, this is yeah. I can't this I just can't do this anymore. So what happened? What happened was that around uh, uh, the year 2000, I started as a freelance journalist. So I was not in the newsrooms anymore. I was, you know, doing my own thing, sitting at my own office and so on. So I I, I didn't um, re- realize what was going on in the newsroom. And when I got back uh, 10 years later, I was shocked because when I started as a journalist, Okay, the boss said to me that you are going to write about that and they will say this and you will write that. And I said, okay, I went out and I came back and I said to him, well, you were all wrong. They didn't at all say that. Okay, that's interesting. Write your story. That's that's journalism for me. Yeah, yeah. But when I came back to the, the biggest newspaper in Sweden, uh, Aftonbladet, 10 years after my freelance period, I realized that the bosses decided everything. They took the young reporters and they said to them, you're going to write this story. They already had the headline. You're going to write this story. Call these 10 people and they must say this and that. And I saw these young reporters coming back after two hours and said, well, you know, they they, they didn't say that. Can I write another story? No, you write, you phone 10 more people. Oh, and then I just realized, what is this? What is going on? This is not for me anymore. So I just said, 
bye-bye, I'm going my own way. And since then, since 2012, I've been working with different uh, uh, alternative media uh, outlets. A newspaper first, and uh, Dispatch International, it was called. And uh, and then I did some radio and podcasts, and that's what I do now, too. I have this, this news analysis show with my best friend and colleague, Maria Salander. Oh, excellent. But it's in Swedish, so, so I'm sorry you won't be able to understand anything. But it's about Swedish politics and international politics, too. Well, okay. Well, one of the things that you did is you created a documentary on the fact that Sweden is is a prototype for this new world order that we're all doing. And so it'll give us a good insight as to what to expect elsewhere in the world. But I want to ask you one thing as we get into this, why did Sweden, this is the question I had right away, why didn't Sweden shut down like the rest of the world? You know, during COVID, they ended up having well, a much better situation. Go ahead. Yeah. L- let's talk about that. But first, I did not do this documentary, State of Sweden. It's a friend of mine, a Swedish guy who has moved to um, the U.S. And a couple of years ago, we were talking, him and I, saying that couldn't, couldn't, you know, the politicians, they have really committed crimes against the Swedish people. Can we, can we, can we get them into an international tribunal? or something and we talked to a lot of lawyers and he found out no we cannot do that first of all we need to show the world what is happening in sweden what they have done so he he did this documentary series but he promised his family not to front it so he asked me to be the spokesperson for this documentary oh well now does any do so is his involvement secret like who he is is secret yeah okay yeah it's a secret yeah. 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 Well, okay. That's too bad. They have to people, people have to maintain anonymous situation. Is he a well, because of his talent in the documentary field or what? Yeah. That's okay. what he does for a living. So I think his opportunities would be scarce if, if, if his name was found out. So that's okay. But I am so, you know, invested in all this. So, for me it's just a joy to be the spokesperson because i really want to 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 let the world know what is going yeah. on in sweden because that will happen to all of you but back to your questions about the lockdowns yeah. why didn't sweden have lockdowns and the answer is i don't know because as you said we might be you know the ground zero for for um the uh the new world order the 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 wallenberg family they're a, a big uh, globalist family and they they control a lot of the world through uh, uh ericsson the company you know that have um the 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 uh, telecommunication infrastructure in almost the whole world uh but I think it's a combination of our constitution that says that you cannot uh, you cannot forbid people to go out and walk about and do what they want to do. I think that is one thing. It was and specified. Was the f- Whereas in other ones, they weren't yeah. specifically specified. Okay, interesting. Yeah. 
Okay. Exactly, exactly. And now I fear that uh, we will have a new government now, but I think the whole parliament will try to change the constitution, but that will take at least four years. So maybe we have time to stop it. But anyway, there was also this uh, this COVID um what can you call he was like uh, the, the Fauci of Sweden okay you know the one in in yep, charge yep. of uh, telling the politicians what to do and so on and he is a bit autistic and I think that's a good thing because he was you know the journalist they said why aren't we having lockdowns why aren't we having um you know face masks and he said face masks masks don't work it will only make people more sick. You know, you dabble with it and you don't get enough oxygen. That's... He was telling the truth. He was. He was. And he didn't want lockdowns because I think that he... I, I don't know if he ever talked about... I, I think that might be because he was aware of the Constitution. So uh, that was never... That was actually never, ever... Um, at all addressed and you know in the beginning that is so weird in the beginning we had a lot of people dying uh the uh uh, uh elderly at the care homes yeah, yeah so at first i was angry i was furious why is he not saying people should wear a face mask i mean it's better to try anyway and why don't we have lockdowns and then after a few months i realized oh my god we are so lucky we are so lucky <laughs> yes, that we were to go through lockdowns and there's another strange thing now that, you know, people are dying all over the Western world, wow. young, healthy people. It's from the vaccine. We... Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. We've it's been warning about these vax, vax shots from the beginning. But, um, I mean, Sweden is very vaxxed. So why are not people falling, dropping dead down here? Maybe it was maybe because we didn't have the lockdowns. People were able to walk out, uh, 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 exercise, meeting other people. So I think that might be the explanation, well, but I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm not I think, sure. I've been thinking about this a lot too. And I, and I think it's, well, first of all, it's three to five years. So it's more time. And there's also different mm. batches in different areas. So maybe yeah. Sweden didn't get the crap batches. I don't know because there are there's the the excess deaths are skyrocketing everywhere um so yeah. sweden might have gotten lucky Except that way yeah which is very strange yeah and so it might be your badges it is it, yes maybe so, yeah maybe but we do see a lot of uh uh, uh cancers there there's this well, uh, female doctor yeah that she she warned people like two months ago something like that that she she's a pathologist and she sees that people are there are fast growing cancers really fast she says she's never seen anything like it and all of them took the shot so i think maybe we're just having a delayed situation yeah here. three to five years know. yeah well that's what doctors are telling me and i've talked to people in you know nurse practitioners and different things and they're saying that they're really seeing a tick up and it's really bad. And the government's just yep. not, re co they're covering it up. So I don't, I don't know what to think other than we just have to 
think for the worst, plan for the worst and hope for the best, I guess. Right. I mean, I don't know, but okay. So what, what made you, I mean, what about Sweden made you think it was the new world order, um, you know, benchmark, like this is what they were planning on doing and they're doing it here first. Yeah. Um, it's like, like 10 years ago, I started to think about this, that why it's like they chose Sweden to be, you know, the, yeah, the guinea pig. Let's see what happens. Let's take the most homogenous country in Europe, one of the most homogenous in the world. There were only Swedes living here uh, when I was a child. And up until like um, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, there were almost only Swedes living here. And it was a very safe country because we don't fight (laughs) so much. We, We are a people who avoid conflicts. You know, if we if we collide with our cars, we don't go out uh, fist fighting. Yeah, we go out and we say, <clears throat> and we take out the insurance papers and we sign them, and then we say goodbye and let the insurance company take care of it or the police or whatever. So that's how that's why we had one of the safest countries in the world. So I think the globalists. I didn't. I wasn't so aware about the globalists when I started to think about this, but I said someone is pulling the strings here, and they took Sweden. Because it was a challenge. Let's see how many years it how many years it takes to bring Sweden down to go from this homogenous, happy, happy, peaceful country to a multicultural hellhole. And it took them like 30, 40 years. So it this started back in Sweden, it started 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. It all started in 1975, you could say, because then the parliament took a decision, a unanimous decision, that Sweden was not going to be a Swedish country anymore, but a multicultural country. And I'm sure most of the members of parliament had no idea. They just thought it looked nice on paper. I mean, how could Sweden become anything but Swedish? Because it was so Swedish. Yeah. So I think most of them didn't realize what decision they took. But the prime minister at the time was uh, 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 Olof Palme. Know about him, the one who got shot. Yep. Uh, And uh, the the prime minister before him, a social democrat also, Tage uh, Erlander, he was very, very Swedish. You know, the Social Democrats used to be very nationalistic when I was growing up. They said uh, Sweden to the Swedes and the Swedes to Sweden. That's how they ended all their speeches. And then Olaf Palme came and he was not a working class guy like like, like the former Social Demo- Democratic Prime Minister. He was from upper class and his family was from all over the world. They were, you know, nobility, almost nobility. They had some some family members who were nobility. So and he wanted he wanted to, you know, be a a a famous person and he wanted Sweden to be a, a humanitarian superpower. You know, he was the one that that's that told the US that they had to stop the war in Vietnam. And so the US didn't like Sweden for a lot of years. I think he was right in that uh, uh, statement, but he he was an internationalist and he wanted Sweden to become a different country. But, you know, the people, they had 
They had no idea that the parliament decided this. And for like 10, 15, 20 years, not so much happened. We had immigrants, of course, but that was, you know, after World War II, since Sweden wasn't a part of that, we, we had all the, the um, uh, 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 industries and all that left, but we needed workers. So we took in a lot of people from the southern Europe, from Italy and Greece and Turkey and so on. And, and they came to Sweden and there was no problem. They started working the first day. They, 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 they learned Swedish and they became like Swedes because there were not so many. But then in the 80s and especially the 90s, uh, they, they changed it to asylum seekers. So they didn't care that these people would never go to, to, to speak Swedish, that they were going to live off of welfare the rest of their lives. Because at that point, the Social Democrats had realized that the Swedes had become all middle class, so they didn't want to to vote for the Social Democrats anymore. So they started importing people from all over the world, poor people that they knew would vote for them, especially if they are Muslims and maybe the imam tells them to vote for the Social Democrats. Okay, so they purposely started, instead of importing uh, people who naturally wanted to move there because we we're a melting pot here in the united states too i mean we uh, immigration has traditionally been a strong point in the united states but what's happening now is it's it's completely changed yeah because you like we you had you had laws up until the 60s that said that the immigrants you wanted was um, from Europe <laughs> and they were supposed to come there and work and, and not be sick and not be needy, but they wanted to uh, 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 contribute to something. Well, well, but, the, you know, the, the Mexicans that were coming up here for a long time were the ones that come up here to work and things. They, they're really hard workers. It's a, I'm married yeah. to a Hispanic man. It's yeah. not the same thing as what they're doing now, which they're letting in, like Venezuela just sent in, emptied their jails and let in all their their criminals. Yeah, you know, I mean that's totally different. It is, and now they have they have taken in so many. You know, the 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 criminality in Sweden has just exploded. Now we have we are the country in Europe with the most most uh, gunshot uh, gunshot killings yeah geez. in sweet sweden that used to be you know if someone was shot it was it was once a year and the, uh, and it was all over the news for months now there are shootings every day and you know the swedes are just tra- traumatized by this oh i'm sure people are so scared i mean they they, they even shoot at at children's playground, they don't care that there are children and women there. If they want to kill some from the rival gang, they just do it anywhere. And and the, the problem is that we have the laws in Sweden are made for Swedes. Yeah. Not for for you know brutal people from brutal countries. So we have this um you know thinking that as someone who is a criminal, he is also a victim. He's a victim of a troubled childhood. And maybe he was growing up in 
poor circumstances. But you know, no one is poor in Sweden. We have welfare. No one is starving here. They all have a, a decent uh, standard of living. So that's just bullshit. But that's what the politicians have been saying uh, for at least uh, 15, 20 years when the Swedes started to notice that it was a lot of foreign people that, that did horrible crimes. And so they they... They didn't want to talk about it, and they told all the Swedes that became scared and complained. They, the politicians and the journalists, told them that they were racist. That's right. That's what it they had tell nothing them. Nothing to do with them. Yeah, that's what they tell. So for so many years, the Swedes have just been shut up. I think we have been in sort of a mass formation during uh, decades that b- because everyone from the establishment told them that you're a racist if you complain and if you say that Sweden should be a primarily a Swedish country that's also very racist you are a bad bad person <laughs> so I mean we have been we have been you know hammered down but now finally the Swedes have voted for another uh, yes. government yeah <laughs> And and I wanted to ask you about that. What is yeah um, the Social Democrats? You know they have ruled our country most of the time with mm-hmm. a few. Um, um, uh, what's it called? Yeah, some some periods with more conservative governments. But you you have to know that all parties in Sweden are sort of social democrats. Oh yes, from from light to to, to hard. Yeah, that's just how it is. But then. Uh, like 2010, a new country came in, to, a new party came into parliament, the Sweden Democrats. And they are also a sort of social democrats. They are like the old social democrats, the ones from the 50s and 60s, the ones that said Sweden to the Swedes and the Swedes to Sweden. Sure. <laughs> so they have they have grown. When they came into parliament, no one wanted to talk to them. The the newspaper that I worked for, you know, the one that I said, no more, this is not for me. But I worked there when they came into Parliament. And, you know, a couple of days before, no, the day before, I think, they had done an opinion poll at the newspaper. And I was working, you know, controlling all the articles, reading them through proofreading, you know, writing, doing them better and so on. So... I had quite a low profile, but that night, uh, the boss, uh, some of the bosses that ran into a room and I said, what's going on? And then the boss came out and she was all upset to say, we just had a new opinion poll. It shows that the Sweden Democrats will come into Parliament. She was almost crying. Really? That sounds like here. Yeah. You know, where when uh, Hillary Clinton, go ahead. She said to the report. Yeah, yeah. She said to different reporters, you call the moderates, you call the liberals, you call da 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 all the parties. And then I said to her, excuse me, um, it's not my business, but shouldn't anyone call the Sweden Democrats? And she was like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. And she gave that assignment to one reporter, but for, for some strange reason, they couldn't get hold of him. So the day after, you know, it was like, like a funeral when they presented this re- result, they will get into Parliament. 
And the day after the election, they had they started this campaign. We like different, you know, people from different countries and so on. And I asked one of the bosses that used to be a good friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. I stop. I asked one of the bosses that used to be a, a good friend of mine. And I said, why are you doing this campaign? What do you mean, Ingrid? It's it's a huge, huge success. Almost 300,000 people have written their names on it. Well, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about why do you think that a newspaper should protest against a democratic election? What's wrong with you? This is how the Swedish people voted. What they say? No, they they were they were just you know everybody must understand that they are not they are not democrats they are fascists they are nazis they are horrible every decent person should say no but they are in parliament the swedes wanted them i'm getting to the point where i think it's mind control because it makes no sense it's kind of like we have children dying all over the place over here from the the vax we have you know athletes dying we have these weird agendas i'm to the point where it's just basic mind control because back in the 90s they did the mrna um vaccine and one one kid one teenage boy was injured and they shut it all down and said we need to do more testing before we can let it go out now we have people injured all over the place and they keep going right so and it's the yeah. same with all these other policies and they don't, they, they shut down free speech, but the liberal Democrats in our country used to be the champions of free speech at all costs. I don't even care what you believe. I just believe in your right to say yeah. it. Right. And now yeah. they're, they're the ones pushing for censorship. Something is odd where yeah. I'm, and I was just talking to one of my friends. I said, it's too weird where I really truly believe that this is not normal behavior by people and that there's there's um, mind control or something because it's just too strange. What do you think? Because a journalist shouldn't be, they've been trained their whole life not to do what she did yeah. and they're doing it anyways and crying and acting that way. I mean, what is going on? Yeah, I, I, I wonder too, but I think that, you know, journalists, journalists used to be ordinary people it was not a well well paid job i mean back in like a hundred years ago something like that and they were they were working class people and they 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 knew what was going on in society nowadays the journalists are um middle class upper middle class they get a lot of money they live in all white areas where there They're is celebrities. no crime yeah and they put their children in all swedish schools so they won't be bullied because they are swedish but but they don't and they don't they think they have come to believe that they are better than normal people they know better you know, we journalists, we know stuff, but we can't tell you because you are too stupid to handle it. We can handle it. We can realize that, okay, uh, more foreigners are criminal than Swedes, but, you know, it's just because they are unhappy. They they fled a war, and so they have to take it out somewhere. 
I mean, they are filling their own heads with this BS and they have no idea how normal people live. They have absolutely no idea and they don't want to know. You think they're just naive? You think they're just ignorant and naive and think that they're they're fed this idea that they're special and they know more and all this stuff, but they're truly just naive ignoramuses. Because, I mean, that is what's happening in universities. They tend to be the least educated, but they think they're the most. And then they close off their minds to learning more and they think they know everything and they really are very ignorant. And so we're dealing with that too here. But is that what you think is happening with journalism? I think that um, the the young the young journalists now they are totally brainwashed. They go to universities and there they are told that um, liberalism is the only good thing. And if you if people are Sweden Democrats or something like that, they are fascist and they and they're a threat to democracy. And I think that young people they they get brainwashed. But what I despise is my old colleague colleagues that have have known a different society a different journalism and they know that they are lying they know it and they do it anyway and i mean many of them they have they have mortgages and they have nice cars that they have to pay for and all of that stuff so maybe they they feel bad inside but they still they still lie because they want they don't want to lose their jobs but those are the ones that I blame. The the young journalists that have, have been brainwashed, I think that they don't even know what journalism is about. They think it's like getting orders from the boss, who to call and, and how to write it. They have no idea. Well, the doctors are another bunch that, you know, they promise it's their oath to help people. And they just abandon it because they need to make money. They know better, too. And they're just, and I suppose, and if they don't yeah. know better, they yeah. should be fired just because they're too they're too incompetent to be there. But we have the same issue. And the, and then these professors, it's like, wow. Do you remember the um, the show Gulliver's Travels? And they show the the um, the professors at the university just talking about nonsense and things that are totally irrelevant because they just don't know anything yeah. about. It makes me think about that, where they're just like in la la land. They don't know really what's going on in the world. And they, but they, that's the most dangerous thing is when they're told that they're the best and the brightest and they're simply not. Yeah, it's a big problem. I think that the whole society is is uh, crumbling because of this. I mean, Sweden used to be so well functioning. Everybody was doing their duty and you, you, we had no corruption not much anyway uh, but now it's it's totally changed you know all these these people some of these people that came to sweden they are like this in this um do you call them clans they're like clans Cults? people Cults? big fa big families no not cults it's it's like the family the the extended family they don't believe in in the state they don't believe in the police they just deal with things amongst them and they have taken over many areas in Sweden for example there are people from Iraq uh, Syria Somali clans and uh, and they 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 actually they control whole areas 
areas where Swedes don't live anymore and never go there because it's 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 dangerous. And it it's gone so far that when they fight amongst them, the police they know that they have no chance. They have no chance. So they go to the leader of this family network and they ask, can you please make this stop? Do you understand how far we have, we have fallen? Isn't that because that's what they're like in their own countries? And so they don't know anything better than yeah. what they're... Because, because their governments are so corrupt that the only way to stay safe is to yeah. have these family environments and they don't trust anything exactly and no sweden didn't tell them it, this is sweden here we trust the state we trust the police and if you try to have your own uh, customs here you will you will be sent out no 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 we told them totally different you know you can do everything it's in the law you can keep your culture and it's good if you learn swedish but if you don't we will we will pay for you to have a translator for the rest of your life if you go to to the police station if you go to the doctor they can just phone a number and then comes a translator do you understand and and it's we swedes who pay for all this so the swedish politicians they have you know, they have destroyed Sweden. We used to be a country that trust each other. You know, the Nordic countries are the countries that have most trust amongst people. And that is now deteriorating because we have found out the hard way that you can't trust the police. You can't trust the social service because if, if a Swedish person loses their job or something happens that they they go to to the social service uh, office and they are very, you know, they, they don't like, Swiss don't like to go and ask for money. So they are shy and they say, well, well, this happened to me. Could I please have something? No, no, you can't get out. And then comes a Muslim or someone who is very aggressive and they just shout and say, I want this. This is my right. And if you don't give it to me, I know where your children go to school. Really? Yeah. So, yeah. We have wow. several reports about this. People who work in social service, they have anonymously complained that they are being threatened every week. And sometimes they just give them what they want because they're so scared. <laughs> 